census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. My name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. We are here in the Pat Cave, the newly renovated Pat Cave of Magenta Manor, and we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee as we are part of the Dorkening Network. And remember, once you go deadly, you don't go back. I am here, of course, uh, because I'm not here by myself. That'd be weird. I am here, of course, with my co-host on the show, my co-host in life. She is... The Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the uh, Michael Phelps of Wine, the, I think that's about it, the Queen of the Monsters and an Honorary Lizzie, ladies and gentlemen, it's Asher's Von Nightmare. Wow, 251 episodes and you still can't get it right? Listen, I'm sleepy and I got it pretty much mostly right Last week when it mostly. counted. Mostly. Mostly. They mostly come at night. Mostly. We are not talking about aliens today, though. Oh, we should do an aliens episode. Ooh. Talk about the xenomorph. Because we've already talked about the predator. We haven't talked about the xenomorph. We should do that. That's how they say it in uh, in England. Because I've heard all the uh, the guys on what culture. That's how they say it. Xenomorph. I say xenomorph. It probably sounds a little more uh, pleasing when they say it, though, because of their accent. Xenomorph. That's how Harry Potter would say it. He'd be like, xenomorph. And, like, that would be a spell, and he'd turn you into, I don't know, the perfect organism. Although, I can't really call it the perfect organism because it can't reproduce on its own. It needs a host. So, it's not the perfect organism. Although, to be fair, it can use pretty much anything as a host, so, yeah, yeah. But that is not what we're talking about today. No, that's just a taste. What are we talking about today? Uh, we are talking about uh, John Travolta, like, oh my God, kind of. We are uh, uh, sort of talking about that. Uh, we are actually talking about uh, Greece. Uh, so... Greece is a country in southeastern Europe with thousands of islands throughout the Aegean and Ionian seas. Different Greece. Influential in ancient time, it is often called the cradle of Western civilization. Uh, its capital is Athens, and it has the Acropolis. Different, different Greece. It would take 12 hours and 40 minutes to fly there. Different Greece. Yeah, we're talking about... Not the country. No. The 1978 film. And we were talking about the characters the from musical. that film. Yeah, so Sandy and Danny and Putsy and Sonny and Duty and Frenchie Duty. and Jan and Rizzo. And Eugene. And Marty and Eugene and Patty and Marty. all of them. Pretty much focusing on the T-Birds and the Pink Ladies. Yeah. Because they go together. 
Like, like lamb and tuna fish. Ram a lamb a lamb a dingy dingy dong. No. Uh, if you say so. So did you not dis- watch the movie? Full disclosure, uh, I watched this movie for the first time Sunday night. I know. And I'm letting people know. No, 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 no. But I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm reacting to their reactions. And because I know what their reaction is going to be, they're going to be like, "What?" And earlier what? this week on Indie Creator Spotlight, we had Jan and Duty and Eugene on to discuss the film, and uh, Eugene, Eddie Deason, not. Eddie Dezine. Okay, so I should not have been on that show. Yes, you should have. No, I should not have been on that show. So he could have had his own show in the eighties, Dezining Women. Like, <laughs> I feel like at this point in my game, I could interview just about anyone. I could interview Chris Hemsworth. I could interview. Uh, you know, Brad Pitt, I could interview, I don't know. I, I mean, like just a, a plethora of, of famous people. And I would be okay. Like, I, I would be fine. I would be able to have a conversation with them. I'd be able to ask some riveting questions. I feel like there would be a, a fantastic back and forth and it would be great content. I don't get nervous much anymore generally yeah generally speaking i don't get nervous when we when we interview people if i'm meeting somebody uh i don't get nervous i was so nervous like butterflies like excited like i had chills that were multiplying and i was losing control of your bowels no it was food poisoning And I don't know what happened. I think where I'm at is, you know, uh, traditional, you know, famous people, they don't make me nervous um, because they're just people. But people who represent something that was part of my childhood, something that helped mold me into the person that I am today, something that... uh, you know, was a crutch for me for, you know, some of my childhood, you know, um, like I, I don't think I could meet Julie Andrews. I mean, granted, she is a, she is a pretty big star, but like, I don't think I could eat like Julie Andrews or Dick Van Dyke because I would just completely plots. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if I would probably forget how to word. I would probably forget how to breathe. Um, you know, I, I was so nervous meeting Tim Curry, like this person who To be fair, was, that's Tim Curry. Right, but yeah, in, in all honesty, it's fucking Tim Curry. Um, you know, just to just to be in his in his bubble for a couple of his minutes orbit. and and just kind of uh, you know feel his presence was just oh my god. Um, you know, proceeded to slightly word vomit all over him. Um Oh my god, do you know who you are? Yeah. <laughs> But I, I think that's where I'm at. It's it's not, you know, your traditional famous people who, you know, make me geek it's out and get all giddy. It's, it's the people who of. helped yeah. form the person that I am today. Like, you know, uh, having conversations with Samantha Newark. Mm-hmm. I was so nervous interviewing her. Um, She's a and, and, and we've had a, a couple of, of run-ins with her. And I, every every time I'm just so flustered and, and so just like, ah, uh, beside myself. Because, you know, 
Gem and the Holograms is such a big part of my childhood mm. and a big part of the person, you know, I am today. So, like, I just, I completely just, uh, You held it together I, pretty well until I, we got to the car and you uh, cried. The first time you met her. No, I'm talking about the interview on Monday, though, with oh. the Grease people, the fabulous you Grease were doing, people. You were doing well. You just, you mispronounced Eddie Deason's oh name, and then they, they kind of ran with that a little bit. It, I mean, so delightful. Oh, my God, these people. Uh, but the, uh, the point I was trying to make was Eddie Deason was astonished. I was like, yeah, I know you from... You know, critters. He's like, you've seen critters too, but you hadn't seen Greece. It's like, yeah, I've seen critters too, like a hundred times. <laughs> so I, I recognized him from critters too, not Greece, which kind of you know astonished everyone, which was uh, which was nutty. But yeah, we got a chance to interview them. We found out some really cool behind the scenes stuff, like some stuff that was improvised and some stuff that you know uh, that was you know, done differently than you might have expected, but definitely go and check that out. But uh, we have, what's our, inter our, uh, our very interesting getting into character question? Well, today? I mean, I don't think it's that interesting. It's always interesting. This week, because we're talking about Greece, because we're talking about the T-Birds and the Pink Ladies, our getting into character question today is, if you could be involved in any fictional gang or group, which would you choose and why? Um, you know, I had a ready answer, and I said it to you earlier when you posed this question to me. But uh, I think I'm going to change my 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 uh, my vote. Um, I know they're not technically a gang, but uh, you know they are they are pretty cool. Um, Street sharks? No, no. Um, uh, the what we do in the shadows, people. I would want to be a vampire with those guys, or a vampire with Kiefer Sutherland in uh, Lost Boys. I'm a little old. I'm a little old to be in that group right now. Uh, yeah, but but I mean, if you were uh, to join the what we do in the shadows, so would it be the the film version or the television version? Well, it would have to be the television version because I don't want to go to New Zealand. You know, I would, I would, Staten Island is, is better than New Zealand, a little, a lot closer, you know, if mm -hmm. I could still, if I wanted to go, you know, visit people, I could still do that fairly easily, so. Now, if you were to change into a bat, would you yell bat? I would yell bat every fucking time. Absolutely. <laughs> I would probably be uh, more similar to, to uh, Nand, I'd be somewhere between Nandor and Viago. I'd be somewhere, okay. somewhere in there. I'm sorry, not Nandor. Jesus, Laszlo and Viago. Because you know, I'd be like, "Oh yes, I'm quite, you know, awesome and ev everything," you know. And I'd put a toothpick in my mouth, and people would call me Jackie Daytona, like <laughs> regular human bartender. <laughs> uh, if you know, you know. Um, yeah, that's probably the group I would I would join. What about you? Uh, so a couple come to mind the holograms. Like, right off the bat. Uh, obviously the holograms. I would want to be a hologram so bad. Um, I would want to be a pink lady too. You are a pink lady. I am a pink lady. I and even brought that up on the show. I said, Hey, you look, I even brought my own pink lady and they thought <laughs> hey. it was funny. Um, yeah. I mean like the, the hologram, I mean, cause they're a, they're, they're a group. 
not really a gang, but they're definitely a group and obviously a, a, a musical act as well. Uh, I would fit in with them pretty well. I mean, I got the hair for it. Yeah, I agree. But uh, I, Pink Ladies, I've always loved them. Like, I've always wanted to be a Pink Lady to the point where I fell in love with this uh, film in, I'll say it was like sixth grade. And I took one of my, like, my mom had this light pink, like, windbreaker. I took it. I, well, I didn't take it. I asked if I could have it. I was like, hey, this is just kind of chilling in the back of your closet. Like, can I have it? And she said, sure. So I uh, took Sharpie to the back and made my own pink ladies jacket. I have no idea what happened to it, but uh, I would I would wear that around. Um, and so this group is technically not a fictional group, but I still want to be a part of it anyways. I want to be a Spice Girl so fucking oh, I bad. I thought you were going to say Doctors Without Borders. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to be a Doctors Without Borders. Um, or a Powerpuff Girl. Mm, I, would, I would be a really great Powerpuff Girl. Saving the world before bedtime. That's, that's my jam. Uh, what would but your yeah, name I'll be? Boozles? Well, there's... <laughs> Blossom, Buttercup, and Bubbles. Bubbles. So you'd have to be Boozles. And Boozles. <laughs> yeah, so you'd be Boozles. Blossom, Commander, and the leader. Bubbles, she's the joy and the laughter. Buttercup, she's the toughest fighter. Boozles, she drinks a lot. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm here. I want to show you. Look at, look at, watch. Pow! Did we win? Take that, Jojo, Jojo. No, we're at the zoo. That was a regular gorilla. I defeated him. Yeah, I got Jojo, Jojo, Joe, Joey, Jojo, Junior Shabadoo. Uh. So anyways, we want to hear from you. Let us know what group or gang, fictional group or gang, would you like to be a part of? Let us know on the social medias. Yeah. Um, I originally was going to say the Warriors, but, you know. You didn't want to come out to play? I know. I'd be like, I'd have to run around Coney Island and, yeah. You would have to run? I would have to run. <laughs> I'd have to. Run. There's a lot of running. In There's that. a lot of running to be a warrior. There's a lot of running, and I was like, <sighs> running the subway, running the subway, Ugh, Molotov I mean, cocktails. I am an honorary Lizzie. That's true. So I could say the Lizzies as well. They're pretty fantastic. But you know, if I were to join any gang from the Warriors, though, I would want to be a baseball fury. Um, yeah, you did just get me the two uh, variant. Uh, Funkos, yeah. yes. And I put them up in the background so folks can see it on yeah, the they, Loudest they Sports can, Show. Yeah, they can see it right now. No, no, if you I look hard enough. On the Loudest Sports Show and when I go, when I do my live videos, because, you know, they are technically sports. So we'll put them up there. But, like, they have, like, the coolest ensembles of all the warriors. Although, who's, like, the jazz hands ones? The jazz hands one? Like, the... The, they 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 almost they look like um, Michael Jackson, Billie Jean. None they were, of them. They're, they're like sequins. 
There's they're like the razzmatazz or something like that. Oh, the yes, uh, the boppers. The boppers. Yes, yeah, they have like the purple and the the. And they're the, like sequins, and they have like the hats. They're not sequins. It's like satin. It's shiny. It's shiny, but it's not sequins. It's shiny. They have the white pants and like the 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 white uh, the purple. Shirt with the white vest, yeah. Yeah, the razzle dazzles. And uh, they're the jazz hands. Bo- razzle dazzles. That's a dumb name. They're the boppers. Razzmatazz. Then you have the guys who wear the yellow jackets. They're the electric eliminators. Then there's the Saracens, the Jones Street Boys, the Turnbull ACs, uh, the Punks, the Rogues, the Furies, the Hi Hats. They dress like mimes. Mmm. They're That's tough. terrifying. Yeah. There's another group that dresses like elves. <laughs> like they have like the curly shoes and the little green hats and they were like like no, you know what they they look like? Fucking Peter Pan. That's what they look like. It's like, yeah, we're a gang. It's like the fuck out of here. The lost boys. <laughs> go 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 back to your hollow tree and make me some cookies. You are not scary. But uh well, maybe things were different in the seventies. I don't know. But uh yeah, so let us know what uh, what gang you would be a part of or what group, you know? And, you know, you can count the X-Men or something. I was thinking about that, but, you know, I decided, you know, but I don't I don't, wouldn't I wouldn't know what my mutant power my power would be to have lots and lots of powers. There we go. I have the power to have lots and lots of powers. That's so lame. Like It's kind of like Darwin. But you guys let us know what you think, and uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. In a world swarming with boring, predictable awards shows, what will separate from the rest? Rise above and unite the podcasting realm in a testament to the outstanding achievements of the community. The Amalgamania Podcasting and Entertainment Awards. Podcasters, YouTubers, and Twitch streamers, now is your time. Make your voices heard and submit your program by going to amalga-mania.com for all the details, submission categories, and guidelines. The Amalgamania Podcasting and Entertainment Awards. The summer's biggest blockbuster event. You don't want to miss it.
And we are back. So we're here today, and we're talking about Grease, the 1978 musical. Uh, not the Broadway play or the off-Broadway, but we are uh, talking about the film with John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John Travolta. Uh, <laughs> so, fun fact, a lot of the people that are in this movie were in the Broadway play, including Jan, who we talked to the other day. Jamie uh, Donnelly. Jamie Donnelly. And she said that uh, it's funny like because she had been Jan in the, the Broadway play. And um, we were told um, by uh, Barry Pearl, who played Duty, he was, you know, I guess the producers told them that nobody who was in the, the, the stage play was going to be in the film. And that turned out to be a, a huge crock of shit because mm-hmm. pretty much everybody who was in I mean, it... Yeah, there, there were a good number of the cast members who had been involved in the stage production. Uh, several mm-hmm. people had played Danny Zuko's character. Yes. Uh, and Jeff Conaway had played it most recently. Mm-hmm. And everybody thought he was going to get the role of Danny Zuko, which, of course, he did not. It went to Travolta, who was coming off of, you know, success with Saturday Night Fever. So, uh, fun fact, though, uh, Saturday Night Fever hadn't come out when f- casting and filming started for this that I didn't Phil, know. I thought it had. He was known more for Welcome Back, Cotter. Oh, Mr. Cotter. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Jeff Conaway was cast as Kanicki. Yes. And uh, there's some there's some stuff that happens. And, and knowing a little more about what happened uh, behind the scenes, and it's more so uh, stuff with the, we'll say the the better known stars the two better known stars uh than the rest of the cast it seems that the rest of the cast got along famously and and they still do to this day you know they were uh in the the interview on monday talking about how before jeff conaway passed how some of them got together to be with him and eddie deason eddie deason talked about how Jeff Conaway tried to get him laid during the yes. filming of Grease. <laughs> uh, so just to kind of run down the cast, because there's a there's a lot to the... I mean, the main cast is pretty much Danny Zuko, played by John Travolta, and Sandy Olsen, played by Olivia Newton-John. But this Sandy. is one of those films that is so enriched by the, we'll say, secondary cast to the point where it almost feels like there isn't a secondary cast because these characters are so vital to the plot of this film so you have uh stalker channing who i love as rizzo jeff conaway as kanicki barry pearl as duty michael tucci as sunny kelly ward as putsy dd Khan as frenchie jamie donnelly as jan and dinah manoff as marty marty maraschino as in cherry um my biggest thing watching this was and you know our good friend powerful brandon made a comment i was like these people are supposed to be in high school, and Brandon said, oh, Stockard Channing was 73 when this movie came out, which is obviously ridiculous. Why would a 73-year-old be playing a high school student? She was 35. So, it's like nobody was high school age. Like, everybody was in their the, 30s. Well, I think, like, the youngest cast was member like was in, I think, 22. 
All right, that sounds right. I mean, Olivia Newton-John with fucking 30. Yeah, playing high school students. Oh, but I'm just a I high mean, school again, student from Australia. It's a it's a dramatization. I mean, and it's it's par for the course for a lot of uh, uh, modern day. A lot of people brought up Luke Perry and nine hundred two one zero. Right, I was gonna say like nine hundred two one zero is a big one. Where He's it's cool. Like those... He's sexy. He's thirty four. Yeah, like <laughs> they don't look like high schoolers. Um, Even the kids that they get to play I'm high schoolers to think, like... today. Don't right. look like well, a typical saying, high like, schooler. Because they're not. They're in their 20s. No, like even the, the young kids that are like 16, 17, 18, it's like, okay, that's not a high school student. It's like, I know they are. Like, um, But here's the thing, yeah. though. Kids yeah. today don't look like high school students. And I'm going to go on a mini rant here. Remember when you were in middle school and high school and you kind of had to learn things the old-fashioned way because you didn't have the internet or the internet was still really new? You went through an awkward phase. You either had braces and the braces weren't pretty or, um, you know, I mean, I had braces. And I, I did enjoy having braces because I got to match the rubber bands to you know, the different ensembles that I was wearing. So whenever I'd go have my bands change out and sometimes I would, uh, if it was like Halloween, I'd have like black and orange or if it was Christmas, I'd have red and green. But I had like a big mouthful of metal, you know? And then after that, they came out with like the, the smaller plastic ones that were, uh, you know, they, they were still glued onto your teeth, but they were a little less visible. And now they have like Invisalign and shit and like contacts are re more readily available and glasses are so fucking cute now. Like I have a few pairs of really fucking cute glasses. The glasses that I had in middle school when I started wearing glasses were these horrible gold frame things because that was is all that was available that like fit my face in the um, free bin at the eye doctors with the car wash yeah the free bin at the car wash no but like back in the day when you had to go to the eye doctor to not only you know have your eyes checked and 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 you know do all the appointment stuff but then they have like the wall of all of these frames and there's different tiers of prices and depending on your your health insurance coverage and whatnot you know dictated what part of the wall you got to look at i didn't get to look at much no, no i had these horrible horrible like round gold frames that were just hideous and braces and yeah See, and i didn't know how to do makeup like, I had to learn how to do my makeup because we didn't have, like, social media and Instagram influencers and all of old. these YouTubers that show us how to do our makeups. <clears throat> like, I watched TV and tried to recreate things or I would open up a magazine and be like, oh. And I also was in, like, middle school, high school in the early 2000s. So bronzer was my friend, even though it wasn't really my friend. Looking back at old pictures, like, no. Oh, sweetie, no. I had already no. uh, graduated. 
high school Bye. at that point. But yeah, but it's like kids today aren't really going through the awkward phases. It's the beef in hormones like, and the fluorescent lights. <laughs> in middle school and high school that, you know, that like we went through. No, they're going through the awkward phase. They just... Don't or, or it's earlier. Realize that they're going through it. Or awkward it's like phase. earlier in life. It's not so much to do with their appearance. Um, no, you know, it's sometimes their it has to level. do with their yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, personalities and maturity and stuff like that. But, um, but kids today, like I see a high schooler, and I'm you like, you need There's to no stop way. saying kids today because <laughs> you're 35. <laughs> like you're still young. Like this century, sure, like 35. You think? Yeah. Well, anyways, let's... I am an immortal eldritch being. Yes, I know. And you are fueled by wine. Let's get back to what well, we're I'm talking about. Well, I'm trying to make a of... point. Yeah, I know. Like, like kids today kids look today different. today don't necessarily today. look like... They're always on my lawn. They're stealing my newspaper. <laughs> They're playing stickball in front of my house. But, you know, watching this movie... Uh, in like I, I think I first saw it when I was like twelve years old. Um, I thought I was like, "Oh, that's what I'm gonna look like when I go to high school." No, you're gonna look like you're 35. Apparently, that's what I thought. And that's the other thing: like getting 35 year olds to play high school students, not exactly the the best solution either. But that was one of my biggest things. And you know, I, whatever. Like it was, it was a good cast. They did it well. Like, it probably would have been better had it been set in a college. But, like, I totally get why, you know, the whole the whole plot hinges on the summer fling that Sandy and Danny had. You know, like, that's what the whole plot, that's the driving conflict of the film. Right. And so speaking of these two characters, I kind of want to talk about them first to get out of the way. Uh, because they're the worst. Sandy and Danny are the fucking worst. Yes. Danny Zuko is, ah, uh, God, he, he reminds me of a lot of people, uh, guys that I used to know, you know, uh, really sweet and cute and nice to your face when nobody else is around, when they don't have to keep up face, you know, but when they're out with their friends or, you know, around other people, they're a completely different person. Asshole. Well, I think that's a lot of people in high school. Like when they're around the cool people, they're one way, but when they're around just you and it's only you, like you get to see a different side of them, but yeah. And one of the things I actually really like about this film is the fact that, you know, watching it when I was younger, I'm looking at these characters and I'm just like in awe, you know, they're so cool. They're so, you know, uh, they're doing all of these things. They're, you know, so grown up They're um, you know, just, just like the, the, the epitome of like rad you know, but then watching it, uh, you know, watching it again the other night, watching it as an adult, um, I see, I, I don't view them like, oh, wow, they're so cool. It's like, oh, they're all kind of insecure. Yeah. They're <clears throat> all just looking to be accepted by their peers. And they're all going like, like even like the hugging scene between Kaneki and, and Zuko. Like, yeah, you're my buddy, but like... Like, they're so afraid to show any emotion towards each other because they don't want to, like, Ooh, I don't want anyone to think I'm gay. 
Right. But I mean, like, that also goes with the time. So, like, this film was set in 1958. So, and it was even 1978 wasn't exactly right. the free like, thinking. So, well, I mean, like, even today, you know, there, it's a lot still, uh, no more noticeable today than, you know, like, it's more acceptable, I mean, not noticeable. But, you know, watching it, um, you know, the other night, I'm noticing that, you know, they're all just weirdos. You know, they're all just kind of looking for, like, you know, looking none of them knows who they are, and they're all searching for that. Yeah. Maybe, uh, what's her name? Stalker Channing. Rizzo. Rizzo. I was going to say Frenchie, and I knew that was wrong. Uh, maybe she knows who she is, and maybe Kaniki knows who he is. But, like, they're the only one because they're the only ones that don't go through, like, these drastic changes uh, as far as their character. Like, they don't swing so far one way or the other. But, you know, they're just, they're just trying to, uh, they're just trying to find their way, trying to survive. So, Danny Zuko, who's played by John Travolta, and Sandy Olsen, played by Olivia Newton-John, uh, they are the first two characters we're introduced to at the very beginning of the film. It's the very end of summer. They've had this great summer fling. And it's like, oh, I wish I didn't have to go back to Australia. And Danny's like, Sandy, what am I going to do without you? What was that voice? That was my John Travolta. That was your John. You sounded like Uncle Henry from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Dorothy, where'd you go? Uncle like we Henry, thought you left us. There's no place like home. Um, there's no place like this. This T-bird, like oh my God, grease lightning, Sandy. And you know we're, we're just <laughs> <laughs> we see them. They're just kind of you know taking pictures of each other at the beach and splashing around and having a good time and you know just showing that you know they reenacting <laughs> from here to eternity, rolling around in the sand yeah. as the as the water washes up. And then they part because summer is over and she has to go back to a completely different continent and he has to go back to high school and it's this whole thing. And it's like, I'll never forget you. And then probably one of the coolest uh, film openings, like title sequences happens. Yeah, the animated uh, title sequence. Uh, yeah, I liked it. It reminded me a lot of Mad Magazine, like Sergio Aragone's uh, art. You know, uh, to the soundtrack of Grease. Like, uh, this whole soundtrack is just fantastic. I love the music of this film so much. I think it is brilliant, so well done. Um, and I kind of love how you get a little bit of that, like, 70s flair. I mean, even though this is set in the 50s, you get a little bit of that 70s flair with the uh, with the title song, and then everything else is pretty much on par with you know the the, the time that this is set in. Um, you know, and then we're introduced to some more characters. It's the first day of school at Rydell High, which honestly, it's just it, it's it's anywheresville usa it's like a, a midwestern high school you know it's With not supposed to be trees. 
I mean, it's just it's, it's supposed a, it's to supposed take to place be, in Chicago. Like it's supposed to be, yeah, but it's supposed to be just like anywhere. It's supposed to look like your high school. You right, know what that's I mean? the like, thing. It's supposed, it's supposed to, to be like it's supposed to look accessible. It's you're not supposed to be California, spo- right? You're supposed to see it and say, "Oh, I know that. I've been there." I mean, and so many, and like I think that's why a lot of high school movies are relatable because every time you watch a movie, like, oh, that's this guy, oh, that's that girl, oh, that big doofy guy, yeah, oh, that's him because there's so many stereotypes in high school, like everyone's going to fit into one of these, you know, archetypes. And it's like, oh, he's the jock with the heart of gold. And, you know, she's the cheerleader that, you know, is mean to everybody. And, you know, oh, that's the kid who can't stay out of trouble. But, like, he's really a good kid. Like, he got in trouble. He got arrested. But he was stealing medication for his mom who's sick at home. But, like, he's got a gruff exterior. You know, like, and every single movie (laughs) has those. You laugh. But as I'm saying this, you're picturing somebody that you know. And you're like, oh, man, that was Jerry. That was Larry. That was Sandy. So Danny and Sandy's paths cross again. Uh, It's the first day of senior year at Rydell High. Their couple name is Dandy. (laughs) You're Dandy. Uh, And... Sandy's family, they decided not to move back to Australia, you know, as as one does. So she finds herself at Rydell High. And their, their character evolutions kind of piss me off. Because they're... The growth that you see in some of the other characters are actual like uh it's a character arc it's it's but it's more than just physical growth it's it's emotional did you say that because of the olivia newton john song do i get physical physical growth of my character so you know sandy olsen is this wide-eyed uh innocent australian girl she's blonde hair blue eyes you know very just stereotypical uh virginal character i think her accent changes like 40 times but it's her natural speaking voice but like her accent kept changing i was like okay now she sounds like she's from wales now she's got a cockney accent now she's from texas you know and 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 danny zuko is you know not the leader of the T-Birds, but like the second in command of well, this. He's the uh, leader. Isn't that the leader? Yeah, but Kaniki looks to him. You know, like it's it's weird. It's weird. Like he definitely like. Uh, there, there's a it, it's it's a little back and forth. They're like two tectonic plates, kind of pushing up against each other all the time. One kind of getting the advantage over the other. And then, bam, volcano. That's science. That's the way that works. Great. Yes. Thanks. Yes. You know, but he's the cool guy. Like, you know, every every guy wants to be him. Every girl wants to be with him. And, you know, let's face it. Young John Travolta, not bad looking guy. He's all right. I mean, he, I, I don't... <laughs> He looks pretty much the same as he does now. Mm-mm-mm. Like his face is definitely more defined, but um, and he looked nothing like Nicolas Cage in this movie. One of the one of my favorite scenes is Summer Nights, 
because you really get to see it's a great introduction to all of these characters uh you kind of get to see a little bit of um and everyone's kind of playing this uh caricature like trope from high school yeah um but you kind of get to you know get a get a feel for whose character is is what and in that song you get all of the backstory you need you know danny is telling his side of the story and he's trying to be all like tough guy and he's all like oh yeah i saved her life she nearly drowned and you know then she owed me so you know we had a thing for the summer and yeah and she then was her friends pretty cool and his friends immediately were like oh <laughs> did you have to rape her did, did you have did you? Uh, yeah so there's you know uh, there there are uh, uh, there are a couple of, uh, you know, less than savory innuendos. I wouldn't even call that an innuendo. They, like, come right out and say, <laughs> did she put up a fight? Um, and then you get Sandy's side of the story, you know, uh, at the same time. And she's like, oh, he was just showing off, splashing around, and he was so sweet. And, you know, we stayed out till 10 o'clock. That's, like, that's, that's a unacceptable. thing. And, you know, uh, so you're getting two completely different style, sides of the of the same story and obviously they realize that they're both in the same place and you know thus begins the quarrel that happens throughout the majority yeah, the, the of the film the back and forth yeah. between you know are they aren't they will they or won't will they? they won't they um you know, between Sandy and and Danny, and and Sandy is you know all one for keeping up appearances, and you know, uh, well, I mean, like, and same with Danny, you know, but he's not being true to himself. No, not at all. <clears throat> you know, they do have a couple of moments where you know he's really sweet, but it's when he's not with other people, he's tucked away, um, like when they the the scene where they're on their date. And they go to the burger They're palace, hiding behind the frosty the menus. palace, and he's trying to hide behind the menus and stuff because there's a lot of people there, and he doesn't want to be seen. He doesn't want his friends to see him be sweet with her, the way that he really is with her, uh, because he doesn't want he doesn't to want lose his, his tough guy exterior. Yeah. And you know what? You know what? The whole the whole thing that was coming was going through my head the entire time I was watching this movie, Uptown Girl by Billy Joel. That's what this movie is. This movie is Uptown Girl by Billy Joel. Well, I mean, there's also, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, it doesn't necessarily come out and say it, but there is a lot of, uh, like, class. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the right word. There's definitely a discrepancy between. Yes, yeah. You know, like, she's too good for him because she comes from money. And, uh, you know, obviously he doesn't have as much. Um you know, there's that. So throughout the film, they're both slowly sort of kind of changing who they are for each other. You know, she told him to make something of himself. So he went out and lettered and track because that was like the only thing he was good at was, you know, running around. I just felt like running. <laughs> um, Sandy. 
you know, and she completely changed who she was. She had Frenchie hook her up with, you know, clothes and do her hair and makeup. And now she's smoking. You know, tell me about it, stud. They... They yeah, smoking as in like literally inhaling cigarette smoke, not like ooh, look at that chick. I She's mean, like smoking. she was smoking in those those and pants that she had to be sewn into. My my thing is, you know, like to kind of touch on what you said about how awful these two characters are. They basically turned into each other, yes, and completely changed who they were to, you know, have this relationship. When it's like you had the relationship when you were who you were, like. Then you have to change, and then you get in a car and fly away, which I... So there's this theory that, you know, because in, in the song Summer Nights, uh, Danny says, you know, I saved her life, she nearly drowned. There's this theory that she actually drowned and or was in the process of drowning and the lack of oxygen created this whole euphoric scene which was is the film Greece and then the end them driving away together like off into the clouds her is dying. her dying and ascending to heaven well it's kind of like the uh the I can buy that because I also buy very much into the uh uh theory that uh Indiana Jones is the fantasy that uh or the the uh what plays the, out the in the carbonite fantasy? Yeah, of Han what plays what plays out in Han Solo's mind as he's uh, trapped in carbonite, which is why you know you see the club Obi Wan, you see the uh, you know the hieroglyphics are R two and C three PO. Like there's a lot of homages to um to the uh, Star Wars universe. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. So that's a that's a big theory, and that arose. I'm not exactly sure when but it wasn't like immediately after the film was released but it's it's been in the past like oh, 15 20 years that that theory has arose um arisen arisen Aris, that that just that just doesn't sound right a rise of Star no, skywalker arisen um anyways it's been about two decades since that theory has come about and i mean it it's plausible. I, I, um, you know, I like it, it would be interesting to see if she knew these, if we could get like a prequel and she knew some of these people, like, and then it was her brain just, you yeah, know, putting I mean, these... what about the stuff she wasn't there for? Like, <laughs> right, right. Like, that, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, but, um, so but she anyways. was imagining, like, you know, what's her name and uh, Rizzo and, and Kaniki having unprotected sex. I mean, I had this condom since seventh grade, you know. Hey, it's my twenty-five cents insurance policy. Uh, but yeah, getting into some of these other characters because you know, I mean, you could talk about Sandy and Danny, but like I said, it's just ugh. everybody talks about everybody Sandy talks and Danny. about Sandy and Danny, and they're really the worst. And the more I watch this film, especially as I get older, the more it just kind of solidifies the fact that they are the worst. It's really worth watching it for the rest of the T-Birds and the Pink Ladies. Yeah. Uh, they're more fleshed out, well-rounded characters, and I think that has to do a lot with the fact that a lot of these folks knew who these characters were because they'd been playing them for years or understudying them, you know, traveling around the country. Well, and some of them, you know, had 
if they hadn't played them, had seen them play on on Broadway, had sat in the audience to right. see them. And they, you know, so uh, they were familiar with them long before. You know, but I mean, these. Cast. I mean, and these characters. You know, a couple of the characters were uh, changed for the film. They obviously added some characters. Like changed, Putsy. yeah, changed uh, some of the names and stuff. Um, you know, to make things feel better on on film. Um, but you know, as far as the T Birds go, like. Kaniki is one of the best characters of this film. Like yeah, hands I'll, down. I'll, uh, and I'll sign on to that. Jeff Conaway does such an amazing job. Like, uh, Kaniki is so cool. Like he's really full of himself, but he also has a lot of heart and a lot of drive, both literally and figuratively. Um He's the one who Gre- Grease Lightning happens because of Kaniki. Right. You know, and fun fact, that's supposed to be Kaniki's song. In the play in the Broadway play it is. Right. But because John Travolta was the name, he wanted to sing Grease Lightning. Yep. And- so Jeff Conaway had to give it up. So, so not only was he not playing Danny Zuko, but he also lost Kaniki's one and only song. Yeah, because that was the thing. It was like, well, I don't get to be Zuko, but at least I get the song. And they're like, ha, 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 no. And he's like, oh, jeez, oh, Which man. is why um, when Danny is singing Grease Lightning, Kaniki's kind of adding a little, like ad-libbing and adding stuff to the yeah, song. Yeah, a couple of background That's words. not supposed to be there, but they they let him do that because was supposed to be his yeah. song. He was supposed to have the whole thing, and they're like, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, well, it's like I ate you your pizza, have... but I left you some crust. Right. It's like because you didn't have enough, like, screen time. You didn't have enough, you know, audio time. Like, you need to steal this song from somebody else. Anyways, um, that that was... That's gross. What? I'm going to use it again. <laughs> Uh, Don't tell me how to use my tissues. That's gross. I I blew my nose in part of it. This is riveting radio. Why are you doing this to me right now? I'm going to cut this out. I blew my nose in a little part of the tissue, and I'm saving the rest of the tissue for when I have to blow my nose again. Then I will get rid of it. If you want to be economical, you peel the two plies apart and use one and one. Is that what you do with your toilet paper? No, that's what I do. No, I use both sides of the toilet paper. (laughs) I use both sides. I'm not wasteful. Oh, my God. No, you take the tissues. That answers so many questions. You you pull the tissues apart. If it's (laughs) three-ply, you get three times as many tissues. Listen, that's the way it works. I was going to cut this out, but now I'm keeping it because it's funny. If you think this is funny, (laughs) email us at throwitoutthursdaypodcast at gmail.com if you want to see more of this on the show. Uh, But no, I like... Do you... Do you know how you can make a tissue dance? Put a little boogie in you it. Put a little boogie in it. <laughs> you're going to come at me with that type of lame joke like I'm not going to know it. Um, but but no, there's, I, I'm right there with you. Like, you know, it's it's one of these things like you have to make the star happy and you have to do this. And it's like, you well, know, why which, don't you give sucks. what's your name 12 more songs? Which sucks because, you know, uh, Danny Zuko's big scene is Thunder Road. Yes, not the song by Bruce Springsteen. Garth Brooks. 
No. No. Bruce Springsteen. You're thinking the thunder rolls. I need to take more antihistamine, obviously. Or more prohistamine. I don't know which is better. Uh, but you know, Danny Zuko's big thing, you know, he, he has Thunder Road. Like he gets to win against the Scorpions, you know, and they're all like their, here you know, I am rocking like a hurricane. Wins the car and, and, and you know, it's it's a whole thing. Like he gets to be the hero. So the fact that not you, you get to be the hero and you steal Kaniki's song, like that's just bullshit. Oh yeah, and uh, uh, Barry Pearl said, next time you watch the movie, watch when everybody's running to the to the car, because they had put down like wooden planks so people didn't have to run through like the fetid water of uh, the Los Angeles River. And who was it that he said? It was it Jeff Conaway? Yes. Like kind of like tiptoes across the uh, the he wooden was, plank because apparently would, he was very dainty. He didn't want to fall, so he kind of like tiptoes his way across, and it's like nobody noticed it until the movie came out. And it's like it's just awesome because apparently somebody had gotten some of this gross water in their leg and ended up getting super sick to the point they had to shut filming down yeah for an entire day which, which is expensive for yeah. for paramount so they had to they had to shut filming down so what they would do and uh uh jamie donnelly told us this they would wrap their legs in like saran wrap mm-hmm. but it was also like insanely hot it was like a hundred i think eddie Deason said it was like 116 degrees yeah, it was these, worse at the carnival scene. Yeah, I was just say these outdoor shoots. Uh, they look, look like they're having a great time, and to an extent, they were. But like the heat, there were there were kids, like some of the extras, passing out because of the heat. The gym scene, they said, that was 116 degrees because they couldn't open the windows because there were planes flying by, and they were next door to a slaughterhouse. Yes. So it was just like everybody was getting sick. And it was the big, you know, bandstand scene. So everyone's dancing. Everyone's, you know, in pants and these long skirts and everything. Jackets. Yeah. So it was a it was a whole thing. Um, But yeah, and I I, to kind of, you know, piggyback off of of Kaniki's character. Rizzo is another great character. You know, they end up together. They they're they're together, then they're not, and then they're with other people, um, and then they're back together ag- again. But you know, she's uh, she's Rizzo's so cool. Like Rizzo is just so cool, and she has one of the best songs, the Sandra D song uh, during the sleepover. Um, it's just fantastic. You know, she's poking fun at Sandy for for being. Just so innocent, so virginal. She's too pure to be pink. You know, uh, Rizzo, we don't really know too, too much about her backstory. We do know her real name is Betty, Betty Rizzo. Um, but we don't really know too, Rizzo too much rat. about her. You know, she she definitely puts up this uh, kind of tough girl facade. facade. Yes. Uh, you know, but she lets that down and shows her vulnerable side in her solo song. Yes. There are worse things I could do. You know, she is not shy about her promiscuity. She has a pregnancy scare. Like, she really goes through it. And she's, you know, uh, I'm just not like blacklisted, but she's um, like 
made fun of by people because of it you know ostracized people think that they're better than her i mean like especially during this time you know the time period that this film is is set in you know people think that they're better than her even though they're probably doing the same things but because you know it's they're from a better background well i mean there's that they're the greasers You know, but because, you know, she made it known, you know, hey, I'm going through this. I mean, not by choice. It's because Marty Maraschino has a big mouth. Um, But still, like, she didn't didn't deny anything. Right. You know, she's she's honest and she's not going to, she's not going to uh, sugarcoat anything for you. She's not going to uh, put herself in a, box and shrink herself to make you feel comfortable uh and i really like her character i mean she has some great one-liners yes and i mean she's hilarious but she also knows her worth you know she's the one who ends it with kanicki she ends up going with i think his name is leo the the leader of the scorpions to the to the dance I forget. You know, and she's she's okay with you know she's just as okay with being alone, like being by herself, as she is with being you know being with someone else. And obviously, you know, they make up, and her and Kaniki are are together again by the end of the film because you know everyone pairs up at the end of the film. Um, but I just I really like. Uh, I'm trying to think of the how to say. It. I, I just I just really like her character. Yeah, like she has a, a good arc. She's definitely. Um... I mean, she learned something, obviously, and her character development is more internal than external. Right, like she, you know, uh, you know, again, she she was one of the two characters that I felt really knew who she was and wasn't like searching for her identity. Um, you know, she just had to find somebody. You know, she thought she was just going to be alone and independent and, you know, didn't need anybody else, you know, or didn't need anybody consistently. She doesn't need it, which leads me to believe that maybe she's from like a broken home or like, um, you know, her father left. We never or... see any parents. No. We, do they even have parents? I mean, they're all in their 30s, so maybe not. But um, no, we don't really know too, too much about uh parental background uh, life outside of school for the most part except for uh you know social activities that they all do together yeah like they i mean she would rather just do her own thing all the time and uh you know she likes hanging out with her friends but she feels almost like they're not beneath her but like they're not on her level especially Sandy and she kind of I think she gives Sandy a hard time because Sandy has things the way she would like to be you know she's pretty in pink and she has you know her hair done a certain way and she comes you know she wears these nice clothes all the time you know the nice skirts and everything as opposed to I mean and honestly here's the thing sometimes it pisses you off that other people have had it easier than you I know I get that way you know, when you meet someone who has not had to work as hard or 
have had to work hard at all to obtain stuff that they they've you know have or have done or you know their their accomplishments and stuff like that pisses you off you know so maybe she meets sandy and and she just assumes that you know sandy has had things handed to her yeah she doesn't know anything about her she's just judging her by what she looks like you know but again that's a typical high school arc yes you know, so getting into some of these other characters, the rest of the T-Birds, Duty, Putsy, and Sunny, they remind me a lot of the Three Stooges with their interactions. Well, I mean, they literally go through a Three Stooges routine. Like, they well, literally Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, yeah, they, they do that. But... Which you would do if you were a high school student in 1958 because that's what you grew up watching because that was one of the few things that was on TV in the... You know, the, the late you know, 40s. Not as good of students uh, as their peers. They're just kind of along for the ride. Yeah, they're there to do the bare minimum because they don't feel... And I, they, again, they go to high school because they have to. Yeah, they'd rather be working on their car. And, like, that's, you know, where they spend the bulk of their time is, you know, like, you know, machine shop is... You know, they're working on engines. They're learning a trade. That's what they're going to do. They're the greasers, you know, which is a valuable skill to have. But, like, it's never portrayed that way in movies. It's always, oh, you guys are the low lives. It's like, oh, who are you going to call when your car breaks down there, right. Biff? Like, oh, oh, gee, Muffy, my car's broken down. I'm not sure what happened. Every time I step on the velocitator, I, you know, the car makes a funny <laughs> sound. I don't know what it is. I hope I didn't run over a poor person. You know, and then where do they have to bring their car? To the greasers. And then that's when the greasers are like, oh, aren't you the guy that gave me shit in high school? Oh, you, uh, yeah, it's going to cost you like $4,700. I mean, they're ultimately, uh, they are the henchmen of the T-Birds. You know, they're, they're the lackeys. They do the dirty work. Literally and figuratively. But uh, but they're lovable. They're, like, there's they're something really adorable about... You, right. You know, Putsy is kind of a klutz. Like, and when... when, when uh, and this is what Barry Pearl told us, like, one of his improvisational minutes or moments when they're like, oh, we're going to rumble with the scorpions and Kaniki pulls out the switchblade and Duty pulls out the squirt gun. Like, all yeah. serious, 100%. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that was impro improvised and they liked it, so they kept it. Like... That's funny. Like, that's some funny stuff. But, you know, they they each kind of uh, lend themselves to uh, a, a slightly different trope. So each one kind of represents uh, something slightly different than the other. But all together, they're just kind of like the uh, the class clowns. Yeah, they really are. Uh, you know, just want to make you laugh. I uh, just want to have a good time. Want to get the girl. Uh, the blue moon scene comes to mind. Mm -hmm. um, you know, which uh, apparently was them. I wasn't sure if they if did they, not use stunt asses. No, they did not use stunt bums <laughs> for the blue moon scene. No, no stunt mooning happening. Um, you know, but they're uh, 
they're there to kind of help aid with the with the story. I feel like the uh, the pink the remainder of the pink ladies had a little more uh, character development. Frenchie and, got a whole song. Oh yeah, yeah, Teen Angel with Frankie Avalon. Yes, like when she decided to drop out of beauty school. Yeah, like so that whole thing was all about. Yeah, Her. so Frenchie, played by Dee Dee Khan, she's a great character, too. She's just this kind of uh, adorable ditz. Adorkable. Uh, yes, adorkable ditz. Uh, she decides to drop out of Rydell to go to beauty school because that's what's, you know, something you could do back then. Uh, now you can actually go to a trade school. Like mm-hmm. some trade schools have cosmetology uh um, studies and stuff, or you can finish high school and then go study. But anyways, uh, so she drops out because she wants to. She wants to go to beauty school, and then she realizes that beauty school just may not be for her. You know, she had a little. She had a little trouble in tinting classes. In fact, she was having a little trouble in all of her classes. Um, yeah, it's... she's just. Uh, I, I I like her. I like her character arc because it's it's kind of simple, but it's something so relatable. You think you want to be something, and you know these are these are seniors in high school. And one of the gripes that I have about the American educational system is the fact that we want you to figure out what you want to do, who you want to be for the rest of your life when you're 17 years old. 18 years old. But not only that, it's like the, the, the meme that I've been seeing going around Facebook. It's like, hey, can you teach me about taxes? Shut up and square dance. Right? Like, uh, it's, it's, it's infuriating. You know, some other countries, they allow their students to take a gap year and they encourage... Uh, experiencing some of life to really figure out who you are and decide what you you know what career path is best for you. We don't do that here. We want you to go right to college, get and, into debt in college, uh, and then find a job that you're way overqualified for, but not getting paid enough to do. And it's this whole system, and you know, I know a lot of people who switch their majors several times. In college, I know people who graduated as one major only to go back to school undergrad uh, to major in something else because they changed their mind or they realized that what they had studied wasn't necessarily the best fit for them. It's it's a whole thing. I can tell you right now at the age I am, I would have done something else. I would have done something else. You know, I, I, I would have in the. In the same vein, uh, but I wish I knew then what I know now about some of my options for certain things. I would have followed a little more of some of my passions and... You know, still it still would have been science, science related, science adjacent, but uh, wouldn't necessarily be doing what I'm doing right now. Not that I'm unhappy, but, you know, it's just you you realize that uh, there are other options and sometimes it's just a little too late or you don't have the funds to put towards something else. But anyways, so I really like her character arc because, you know, she's like, I'm going to do this. And then she tries it and she fails 
miserably. And she realizes, you know what, this isn't for me. And I'm just going to go back to high school and I'll just figure out what I'm good at. You know, I'm going to, it's okay to fail. It's okay to try something and, and realize that it's not for you. It's okay to have a dream and then change what your dream is. Yep. And I love, and I, I really love the, uh, Frankie Avalon scene because it's it's great you know this uh if only we all had a teen angel to come talk to us and tell us what to do <laughs> yeah, but the but the question is would we have listened I mean there's there's that but what do you know um, about it you you're, know, a, you're I mean, a friggin' angel and and you know she could have just given up on everything completely but she didn't she went back to high school she graduated with the rest of her class and then she can figure out you know what she wants to do from there but like i said i I like her arc because it just shows you that it's okay to fail it's okay to try something else and it's okay to try to figure out what your options are yeah yeah it absolutely is like you know it's there's gonna be times where you know these these things come to you and you're like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. Like, again, you know, I'm dealing with that now. But, you know, we see a lot of these characters uh, who do know what they want. You know, like all the guys who are working in, you know, the, the, the I keep calling it machine shop, but that's not that's not what it is. Like the, the automotive, automotive shop. Yeah. Like, and they're, you know, they're, they're learning valuable skills. Like they put grease lightning together from, uh, it was a hunk parts. of junk. Yes, yeah. It started uh, out as a hunk of junk and legitimately uh, obtained items. <laughs> yeah, they uh, and they're able to do that. Like you know, I couldn't do that. I couldn't put a fucking car together right now. Yeah. Like I know that if you press on the button on the right, it goes. <laughs> That's like I I know very very little about cars. I certainly couldn't take one apart or put one together. Well, maybe take apart. So getting into the last two characters to talk about, uh, Jan. I love Jan. I think Jan is adorable. Uh, she's like the, the lovable weirdo of the group. And she's the one who, she knows who she is, but she has some self-esteem issues. She has some uh, body issues. And she's known as the fat one. And that pisses me off so much because she is not fat. She really is, you know, but it's a, but it's also a sign of the times that this film was set in, you know, women were corseted, you know, wearing, um, like shapewear and everything. Things were cut and made to accentuate different parts of the body and her character just wasn't about that you know like uh she does mention dieting and stuff but uh, she's trying to come to terms with who she is aesthetically yeah and and it's like you know her trying to accept her body you know in in not a uh like i'm beating you over the head with this kind of way um but, you know, her trying to accept who she is physically throughout the film. Yeah, because we see her at the drive-in. She gives all her money to what's-her-name. Is like, oh, don't let me go get any snacks because, you know, oh, I'm gross. And... Yeah, and she mentions, like, oh, I've been I've been dieting all week. I'm starving. And uh, she brings Twinkies to the sleepover. Dessert wine. <laughs> can't drink. Can't eat Twinkies with wine, Jan. It says right here it's a dessert wine. 
Um, I thought that was great. You know, and she's kind of the, uh, like I said, just the the lovable weirdo of the group. You know, she just kind of has this freak flag that she just kind of, you know, lets fly a little more than the other ones. Definitely waves it around a lot. And I love her background interactions uh, at the dance with Putsy. You know, she looks adorable. She's wearing this tiara. You could tell that she's just feeling herself. And she and Potts are dancing around. And it's 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 so... It's cute. It's yeah. really cute. I liked them. Like, they were, like, the, the best, like, most... Well, the least terrible people out of everyone. Well, and his line to her, like, his, like, pickup line to her, I think there's more to you than just fat. Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, the... Smooth. That's the... It's like the uh, the one percent milk thing from um, Napoleon Dynamite. I I've only Napo- seen that movie once. I, well, same, but like he says, where he's like, "I see that you're drinking like low fat milk." Uh, is oh, that you because don't you think? Yeah, is that because you think you're fat? You you're not. Like you could drink whole milk if you wanted to. Some, something like that. I thought you it, were going to say It reminds me of it reminds me of else. that. It's like the. It, it it's dopey but like Lovable. sweet like uh you know, Andy one of those Driscoll. like yeah kind of like you know i see you for who you are not what you think you are what everybody else says about you yeah yeah but her character i mean, her character is great uh great um like comedic timing yeah she's like even in the interview on monday like Everybody had like this good back and forth. Like you could tell that they spent a lot of time together and they've remained friends. You know, 42 years later, they're still like, you know, very close. Like they've done signings together, um, you know, and they still like. Uh, That's what I was telling my mom. I was well, like, well, Eddie know- Deason and, and uh, was referring to Barry Pearl as his older, his big brother. And like, you know, Barry Pearl was referring to Eddie Deason as his little brother. Like even. Before Eddie joined, like he was talking about it like that, and then Eddie said it unprompted uh, later on in the interview, like an hour apart. Like it was. Yeah, that's what I was telling my my mom on the phone. It's uh, it was so like heartwarming. Gave me all the feels to see this camaraderie that they still have, this love that they have for each other still after all of these years, and listening to them talk about, not so much, you know, John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, the two, you know, bigger uh, names to come out of. we really talked about them. Uh, No, no. Um, But, you know, the remainder of the T-Birds and the remainder of the Pink Ladies and, you know, uh, Eugene, you know, um, they all have the, it, it, it makes me think that they all have each other's phone numbers, you know, programmed into their phone. They probably have a group chat or something. Uh, they probably go to, you know, when, when conventions were a thing, they probably went to, you know, did all of these reunion specials at conventions and, you know, regardless, Regardless of how much time has passed, they don't miss a beat with each other. Yeah, when they catch up, like it's just like you know they saw each other a week ago. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was really great getting to see that uh, from those folks and getting to uh, to chat with them. Like they were very funny, they were very personable. They told us some you know pretty good stories about you know you know them growing up together. You know, even though they were like in their thirties at the time, but like. 
growing up through the the industry you know like you know directing and acting and like all the different things that they've done since then and mm-hmm. um you know how they still stay in touch with each other how it's still you know uh, a really good relationship that they all have and they're all looking out for each other too yeah like we talked about that whenever there's royalties to be had and to make sure that everybody gets what they're what they deserve and what they're supposed to be getting like barry pearl always fights for everybody and makes sure that it's like well you know you know because eddie Dees had mentioned that he's like you know you know there were a couple times when we were going to get you know some you know like token sum for our image being used in a game or a uh poster or something like that and you know barry went and fought for us and got us exactly what we deserved Mm -hmm. so like that's great to see you know because he could just be looking out for himself but instead he's still looking out for these people that you know you know you know eddie mentioned this too he's like so many people come up to me and say grease is my favorite movie of all time you know i love this movie and we talked about how it had such a cultural impact you know the same way that jaws and star wars and you know films like that have uh have had on on culture so i think it's great i really do so last but not least, we need to talk about the last pink lady, and that is Marty Maraschino. And she reminds me of, you know, I mean, she's a she's a really, pre- I mean, she's a beautiful woman. Uh, but she, you know, Marty Maraschino is a really pretty girl, and she kind of uses her sex appeal to get what she wants and stuff, but she doesn't really know what she wants. Uh, she toys with uh some of her her pen pals the marines that she she writes back and forth to uh keeps correspondence with um there's the whole scene at the dance with uh, the creepy old man the creepy old man uh she caught him trying to slip aspirin in her coke that's a thing too Mm. um you know, and ultimately it's just her trying to, uh, you know, similar to a lot of other characters' stories, just trying to figure out who she is. You know, like she has this persona and she keeps up appearances and stuff. And, uh, you know, she likes it, but she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to give anything away. No. And, you know, why would you? You know, you wanna you wanna make sure that you're you know, she just wants to have a, she just wants to have a good time. Yeah, there's gotta be something. And there's kind nothing of wrong with that. You know, and I think that's kind of uh you know, we talked about Rizzo a little bit. That's kind of where she is. Like she doesn't reveal everything about herself to people. She just has like this one persona and she's that same persona all the time, except that one time she let her guard down and immediately paid for it. So Yes. That maybe taught her I will never ever let my guard down ever again because mm-hmm. I saw what happened and like it didn't you know it didn't affect me in a positive way so yeah I'll never be doing that again so yeah that was you know that was too bad but yeah I, I you know having seen this for just the first time like I had a lot of questions and we talked about how this is part of you know culture I'm like I had never seen this movie but I knew about Summer Lovin' I knew about the 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 song at the end there the we go together yeah um and like the, and that uh, you're the one that I want you're the one that I want that's the one that's the one I was trying to think of um and like the the car flying off into space for some reason um you know all these random things and 
you know, one thing that is still kind of bugging me, um, they won the car from the Scorpions, but we never see the car again. I think they used the parts for that car to fix Grease Lightning. I think they probably would have just stolen more parts and then have two full cars. Like, that would have made more sense. Because then you're going to have to get more parts to fix the Scorpion car. I don't know. Uh, but you never I, get to I see it again. I think you're thinking way too hard about it. Well, I mean, it. that was a huge fucking plot point. They, they <laughs> talked about racing the Scorpions on Thunder Road for like half the goddamn movie. They sang a fucking song about it. The whole Grease Lightning thing. And then they're like, yeah, we won the car. Oh, my God. What should we do with it? I don't know. Leave it here. <laughs> I don't, it's not important. They didn't you just sing a whole song about this? Yeah, but you know, <laughs> so it's like what the like what? I don't like Travolta didn't even know what like a pink slip was. He's like, we're racing for pinks. He's like, yeah, I don't know what that is. Like the pink ladies, like you get them, you win. Like what do we get? Like I don't know. They're already here with us. Like that seems like a bad deal. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think me having watched it at 40 is different from, say, if I had watched it at... I watched the stage play at 17, 18. Yeah, but, I mean, as you as you know now, the stage play is very different. Not once did anyone refer to anything as a pussy magnet in the stage play that I saw in high school. Well, not and once. not only that, the... Uh, Broadway production is different. Like they have uh, the car racing scene down. is way different. <laughs> Hundreds of casualties every show. So what they do is they have like edited down versions of some of these Broadway shows. They edit out some of the language. They make it a little more um, high school friendly uh, for high schools. You know your your local high school to perform this. Uh, for their, you know, spring musicals. So, yeah, a lot of times that's what happens. So, you know, what you're seeing at your local, you know, high school's rendition of whatever uh, is is not the actual musical itself. I didn't expect it to be. I'm just saying, like, that's, you know, that was my only exposure to it. And even then, even though there were people in it that I knew... I was still like, meh. Yeah. So don't don't expect a high school production of Avenue Q anytime soon. But I will say that uh, I went into it. I did enjoy the high school play, but I went into it a little uh, a little salty because there was this girl that I liked in high school, and she ended up going to a dance with one of the other guys who played Danny Zuko, and I was kind of like, yeah, I don't, you know, and I was like, man, I hope, I hope like. Gets like I hope he dies in the car racing scene, but then, then they didn't have it, and I didn't know that they didn't have it because I had never seen the movie. So, yeah, you know. your story is making story so is, much sense right my now. My story is awesome, uh, but no, it was uh, it was it was uh, it was it was interesting. Again, I and I, I don't think I have the same attachment to it. Like maybe I'll have to watch it again, but you know, for being a first time watch, like there was. There was a lot of parts that I enjoyed about this. Like, you know, this was the music was good. Um, I liked a lot of the characters, especially now thinking about it after interviewing them and looking at the different perspectives. Uh, 
you know, it's an enjoyable movie. You know, am I going to watch it 800 times this year? No. Uh, you know, it might be a year or two or five before I watch it again, but I will watch it again. You know, I wouldn't put it as like one of my favorite musicals. But it was an enjoyable was like, movie. It has been a couple of years since I've seen it, and I still know every goddamn word to that and film. It's, it's funny because she's like, she's sitting there and she's quoting it. And she's like, "How does it feel?" I'm like, honestly, I'm a little impressed. Like that's fine. Like you're quoting a movie. Like it's been a while since you've quoted a movie at me that wasn't Sex in the City or Disney something. So like that's that's good because I quote fucking everything all the time. Especially if you've seen it more than once. But, you know, it was good. I liked it. So, um, you know, I would definitely recommend seeing it. If you've seen it, let us know what you think. If you haven't seen it, give it a watch. It's pretty good. Uh, like I said, it's got some good music. It's got some good uh, good scenes. And everybody raves about Olivia Newton's John, Olivia Newton, John Travolta's really tight pants. I mean, that outfit is just iconic. And those shoes. It's almost oh, like they painted shoes. it on her. Well, I mean, there was uh, not much room to actually get her into those. Like, it took a, it was a process. They had to drop her from two stories up and have somebody <laughs> underneath her. Almost yeah. like a, uh, like a, uh, like when, the, you know, the fire department has like the net underneath somebody. It was yeah. just like that. That's how she got into them. True story. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. and When we come back, we have a new battle for you. And uh, I think that's... Uh, oh, and some, some announcements. So uh, we'll be right back. At Strong-Willed Sports Memorabilia and more, our mission is to raise as much money and awareness for pediatric cancer research as possible through the giving away of authenticated autographed sports memorabilia and more. All proceeds from our games will be donated to various pediatric cancer foundations, with the majority going to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute and the Jimmy Fund. Our mission to give back began when Craig and Kara's son, William, was diagnosed with a stage 4 Wilms tumor, and his courage to fight and overcome his cancer ultimately led to the start of the hashtag Strong-Willed Movement. For more information on how to donate and support this great cause, please visit the hashtag Strong-Willed Sports Memorabilia and More Facebook group. Greetings, weary adventurer. Do ye have a taste for the exotic? Do regular snacks no longer provide the thrill ye seek? Would ye rather eat a codpiece than another boring candy bar? Then it's time for ye to sink your teeth into Mythical Meats Exotic Game Sticks. Mythical Meats offers a wide variety of exotic flavors based on creatures of legend to give ye a snack experience of epic proportions. Like it hot? Try the Spicy Creatures Sample Pack, featuring dragon, chupacabra, and werewolf. More in the mood for something a bit milder? Try the Creatures of the Sky Sample Pack, with Pegasus, Griffin, and Phoenix. Can't decide on which one you want? Why not try the Exotic Flavor Sample Pack? featuring all ten flavors so you can find your favorite. Go to mythicalmeats.com to see the full selection of flavors and place your order. All orders over $49 get free two-day shipping. Mythical Meats Exotic Game Snack Sticks. So good, they're legendary. 
Are you looking to add to your collection of sports memorabilia? Trying to find that grail item to show off to your friends? Do you like to win? Then head on over to the Major Sports Drops group on Facebook. From pucks to jerseys, bats to helmets, Major Sports Drops is your place for sports memorabilia items dropped daily. Signed by today's stars as well as Hall of Famers. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Mike Ditka, Barry Sanders, Wade Boggs, Zdeno Chara, Odell Beckham, Lamar Jackson, Frank Thomas, and many more autographs have already been pulled. You can get in on the action for as little as $5 per spot. There are multiple drops each day, with special contests also running at various times each month as well. So join the Major Sports Drops Facebook group and get in on the action today. And we are back. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, greasy episode and uh, and uh, you had fun. And if you haven't seen the movie that you maybe you want to now, and if you have seen the movie, maybe you agree or disagree with our assessments. Uh, it's totally up to you. I hope you enjoyed our uh, tissue talk because that was exciting and fun. <laughs> um, but uh, Ashes, what do, what do we have for the folks at home? Well, we have a new battle. And when we have a new battle. We got to play the battle theme. All right. So, what do we got? So, today we're throwing down switchblades and serenades. Which twinkle-toed band of ruffians has what it takes to outdance the others and defend their turf? It's a dance battle. Knives and squirt guns optional. The sandbox is under the Wonder Wheel at Coney Island. The special guest referee is Michael Jackson, circa Beat It. Yeah, Michael Jackson from Beat It. And we have the T-Birds from Greece versus the Scorpions from Greece versus the Jets from West Side Story versus the Sharks from West Side Story. Now, these aren't actual Jets or Sharks. If you haven't seen West Side Story. going to have a rumble. Uh, and actually, I it's have gonna seen. going to be some fighting. I have seen this movie probably 30 times because it's one of my mom's favorite movies. And if you like Romeo and Juliet, you'll love the Jets and the Sharks. Uh, West Side Story. So uh, I already know who I'm voting for because, uh, you know, I am who I am. But uh, we've got some interesting stuff coming up for you. Uh, I want to thank everybody who was a part of episode 250, everybody who is uh, continuing to come back even after episode 250. Uh, and, you know, here's let's see how many more we can get out of these. It depends on how, how my back feels, my back hurts right now, but I think I can probably get that cleared up by, by the next time we record because uh, yeah, I'm a little old now. I'm a little older. Little, uh, no, I wouldn't say wiser. No more wiser. I'm definitely None older. None the wiser. No, but I am absolutely, uh, absolutely You're older. Absolutely, I mean, 100% technically, older. I mean, everyone's older from last week, so I guess that, that, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, we've got we've got some good stuff coming up, um, including a potential Patreon launch. Uh, we're gonna it's talk a little bit about something that. that we've been talking about. We just have to finalize a few things, but and uh, I think you guys are gonna really like this 
stuff. Yeah, because it's not just for this show. It's also for the Loudest Sports Show, which I know I've been talking about for a while, about doing memorabilia and stuff, but that actually uh, has ended. I'm not going to be doing the memorabilia for the Loudest Sports Show. I actually got uh, taken into another group, Major Sports Drops, the uh, ad that I've been playing for several months because I've been playing in that group, and they know that I've been doing uh, some interesting stuff, and they're like, hey, we like what you do. Come on on to our team because we have six times as many uh, people in our group. And so hopefully we can get a little cross-pollination, people listening to the podcast, because we will still give away free stuff, you know. But if you're looking for the memorabilia and stuff that I do, go to Facebook and go to Major Sports Drops, because that's where, that's where the awesome stuff is going to be. And uh, starting today, so if you're listening to this today, check it out, and you want some, some sports stuff, yeah, check it out, because there's some good stuff coming. And uh, speaking of good stuff coming, do you have a podcast or a YouTube channel or a Twitch stream that you think is just the bee's knees? Well, submit it now for the first ever Amalgamania Entertainment and Podcast Award. Yep. Uh, you have until May 4th. So may the 4th be with you. Uh, we've got a few entries already. Uh, we've got sponsors. We've got trophies. We've got uh, hosts. We've got judges. Yeah, this is shaping up to be quite the event. So if you would like to submit your podcast or YouTube channel or Twitch stream uh, for consideration, uh, send your submission to, well, check out, not, so you can send your submission to the email address that is located on the website, but the website is amalgamania.com. Amalga-mania.com. Amalga-mania.com. Amalga-mania. Amalga-mania.com. Dot com. All the details are there. Um, everything you need to know. We'll be sure to post more about it in uh, the Throwdown Thursday Facebook group It'll and on the Throwdown Thursday Facebook page, as well links as in the show notes on the Instagram whatnot. and the Twitters and, and uh, lots yeah, of other places. Or if you're if you are interested in submitting and want more information, you can also just email us at throwdownthursdaypodcast at gmail dot com, yep. and we would be more than happy to send you to the right direction. Or message us on the page, you know, whatever whatever. Works best for you. Call me, beat me. If you want to reach me, if you want to page me, it's okay. I don't know what that means. You wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. It's Kim Possible. Oh, educate yeah. yourself. Well, Kim Possible came out when I was like in my early thirties, so you know, you know that wasn't. It did not. I was probably in my early twenties. Maybe. Yeah, no. Well, no. Well, hold on, hold on. Well, let's... yeah, twenty years ago. Well, let's see. When did Kim Possible? Let's look it up real quick. Kim. It was on the Disney Channel. Which I didn't watch. 2002 to 2007. I was 21 to 26. Wow. So not not exactly what I was uh, what I was a, a huge fan of. But I do know that there is an Obi-Wan series coming out from Disney Plus. And I'm going to reach out to perhaps one of the biggest Obi-Wan Kenobi fans that I know from the Force and Sensitive podcast, Rocky. Rocky loves him some Obi-Wan. I love me some Obi-Wan. Um, so that's going to be happening at some point in the future. Maybe we do a whole series of Star Wars stuff. Ooh. I love Star Wars. Star Wars. 
Space Star is the place Wars. for Star Wars. All right. All right. So I think that's enough because <laughs> it's almost midnight now, and I need to still edit this. And I mean, not that I'm going to really We're edit it. We're turning into Randy Newman. So that's a, uh, that's a, that, that's our cue to go. <laughs> and it lasts so from like a bug life uh, and Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, yeah, so Randy Newman aside, because it'll end up being Randy Travolta. Give it, Bug life, give oh it. my God. <laughs> yeah, I was like, give it a moment. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 251 of the Throwdown Thursday Let podcast. Let us know what you think of the new theme as well, because I worked hard on that. And we have some exciting stuff in the works for you guys. Cannot wait to share more, but until then, we, we will see you next Thursday. Thursday.